0: Well, today we're going to be talking about uh, the topic that is on, well, that should be on the top of everybody's mind. Um, it is, unfortunately, it's on the top of some people who who are um, not thinking very well, uh, who are who are really siding with terrorists. But we're going to be talking, t- today the show is called Who You're Going to Call to Try Hamas for Murder? And the answer is our guest today, Attorney Alan Dershowitz. Um Alan Dershowitz is known as the best criminal attorney in the world. Um he is also uh America's most public Jewish defender and he is uh, coming out and being um being that right now at the, at Israel's time greatest uh need time of need. Uh, he was graduated from Yale Law School. He was um, joined the Harvard Law School faculty at 25 years old, which is the youngest of any faculty member joining. And you may know, remember him or know him from um, cases that he's done uh, and one like O.J. Simpson, Michael Milliken, Mike Tyson, um, all, and on and on as for Harvey Weinstein Um uh, let's see. Jeffrey, Jeffrey Epstein. I love that um, these cases, you know, some of you might be listening to these cases and thinking, what? He defended these people and won? <laughs> well, that's what I about him. Um, well, today he is going to be talking particularly about his new book, which uh, you can pre-order right now on Amazon. It's called War Against the Jews, How to End Hamas Barbarism. Welcome to the show, Mr. Dershowitz.
1: Well, thank you. You know, I started writing the book on the seventh as soon as these events occurred, and it took me basically three weeks to. Then now I just saw it today it's a, a, a bestseller on Amazon already, even though it isn't published yet. So I hope people will pre-order it. I think it will send a message to those who are defending Hamas and, and these horrible, horrible, horrible terrorist acts. That have occurred. Um, you know, the, the horrible terrorist acts that occurred was the second worst thing that happened. The worst thing is so many people have defended Hamas, so many students, so many faculty members, so many members of Congress, so many people who ought to know better uh, have engaged in some of the worst anti-Semitic canards since the Holocaust in defense of these barbarous actions. That. That scares me even more than the actions of Hamas, which we all knew were going to be barbarous if they ever got the chance to do it. But it's the reaction of uh, my children, my friends' children, people I know, people I grew up with who are marching in favor of Hamas. That's what's so upsetting today.
0: Yes, yes. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, You know, I uh, when 9-11 happened, I'm a born and bred New Yorker, and when 9-11 happened, um, I began uh doing work and calling myself the terrorist therapist. Uh and yep. I wrote two books on terrorism and I since the since October seventh, I too have been out there trying to get the message across and I totally yep. agree. We knew Hamas were terrorists, but we did not know. And it is so shocking and appalling that all these people, including from your your alma mater, what have you done? um, Have you done anything in terms of talking to Harvard about they were one of the first uh, uh, colleges to to come out with siding with Hamas?
1: I surely have. And I've spoken to people in the administration. I've uh, made it clear that I will no longer... A contribute um, to Harvard or to Yale uh, or to New York City College, where I went to as an undergraduate. I'm uh, I'm refocusing all my contributions at the moment to Israeli-related um, charities and other charities that uh, are not are not anti-Israel. Um, and remember, too, these are not pro-Palestine demonstrations. Nobody talks about a two-state solution or. Uh, you know, what's good for the Palestinians? Uh, what they talk about is Hamas and terrorism and what's bad for Israel. And so there shouldn't be any confusion between I'm pro Palestinian. I want there to be a peaceful, decent, democratic Palestinian state if it's possible. Um, but I'm not pro Hamas and I'm certainly not pro terrorist. And many of these folks are. And, you know, people try to excuse them, even the former president of Harvard try to excuse some of these students, saying, oh, they're just kids. Let's remember who burned the books in the 1930s in Munich. They were students uh, who led the campaign for Stalin and Stalinism and communism. They were students who led the campaign for the Ayatollahs in Iran. They were students. No, you don't get a pass. If you're a student, if you're caught committing plagiarism, you don't get a pass. And if you're caught signing a vicious, anti-Semitic, horrible, anti-American a petition, you don't get a pass. You can apologize, you can seek, you know, some kind of uh, uh, remorse, show remorse, but you don't get a pass for doing that just because you're a kid. Uh, these are these are the modern-day version of Hitler's youth. Instead of wearing a swastika, they're wearing, you know, green headbands. But some of them are threatening to kill Jews. They're holding signs that say, clean clean the world of Jews, showing yes. a Star of David being dumped in a in a garbage pail. Um, these are not decent people. Uh, these are people who are on the side of uh, indecency. And this is going to be surprising to some of you. But you know where a lot of the fault lies? A lot of the fault lies in what universities did following the George Floyd case. Tragic, horrible case, George Floyd. One person, one person loaded with drugs, with a criminal record, one person was horribly killed. As a result, schools set up this kind of reckoning. They changed the curriculum. They changed admissions policies. They started this diversity, equity, and inclusion, which ended up being a war on the Jews. It ended up being an actual war on the Jews, diversity, equity, and inclusion, because it ended up being lack of diversity, diversity no equity, and exclusion, exclusion of Jews. And if you look at so many of the people who signed these petitions, they come from that kind of background uh, where they uh, are progressive, woke, uh, and um, uh, insist that everybody is entitled to equity except Jews because they're privileged. And so that, the, the D de- Ea whatever it is uh, diversity equity and DEI has been a major major source of the anti-Semitism on campus. Also, uh, many not all but many Muslim and Arab students on the campuses uh, have been leading the campaign against uh, the Jews. Students for Justice in Palestine is a racist, pro-Hamas pro-terrorist organization. It's not pro-Palestinian. It's not looking to do justice for the Palestinians. You want to do justice for the Palestinians? Get rid of Hamas. Then we can talk about doing justice for the Palestinians.
0: Well, you know, um, one of the things that, uh, well, first of all, it's kind of like with George Floyd. You know how that happened, and um, yes, and he was on drugs and everything else, and um, that happened and all of a sudden there was this explosion of Black Lives Matter. Like overnight, it seems, there was this yeah. explosion. And now this happened with Hamas invading Israel. And it seems like, I mean, I know it's not. Like obviously there had to have been people like George Soros and, um, and other people, uh, you know, underlying this. But all of a sudden there's this explosion of, of anti-Semitic um Protests and, and, and that's just protests. I mean I'm sure you can hear anything. Some who.
1: of it some of it coming from Black Lives Matter. Let's let's be very clear about this. Black Lives Matter in Chicago, which put out a tweet the day these things happened, glorifying the terrorists, showing people flying in on these uh, you know, winged things, um, murdering Jews. That's anti Semitism. For people who believe, as I do, that black lives matter, you certainly have to believe that Jewish lives matter, too. But Black Lives Matter Chicago doesn't believe that Jewish lives matter, so I believe that nobody should contribute to Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter is the enemy of decency at this point in time, unless it gets its act together and condemns uh, the Chicago and other groups that have engaged in glorification of terrorism— And anti-Semitism. Look, Jews and blacks work very closely together on the civil rights movement. But today, many black leaders, ranging from Farrakhan uh, to, you can imagine, others, have turned against the Jews, have turned against Israel, have turned against America, have turned against the Judeo-Christian tradition. And uh, we have to be very clear about it. And we can't coddle people um, because they're kids or because they're members of a minority if you uh, are on the side of terrorists, you're not, you're not on our side. You're not on the side of decency and the names of every single student that every single person who supported these Hamas barbarities should be public so that, you know, for example, the Bronx public defenders, Bronx defenders, these are people who defend poor people. They came out in favor of Hamas. I want to know if I'm having a lawyer, does my lawyer believe in women being raped and, and, and and people being beheaded. I want to know what my lawyer thinks. And if you are a member of the Bronx Defenders or a member of the National Lawyers Guild, which has branches in law schools all over the country, and on the day after these massacres, put out a statement blaming it all on Israel and saying it was entirely legitimate what Hamas did. I want to know if you're my lawyer, if you're my doctor, if you're my professor, I want to know whether you believe that rape is a legitimate military tactic because that's what it sounds like for some of these groups
0: yes yes you know um and yes you know it is true where you kind of need to I mean that's where it's going um that you need to find out if people you're counting on either as a lawyer or a doctor there was a lot a doctor in Lennox Hill Hospital you know in New York um, who was fired who was coming out with all kinds of uh, anti-semitic things but here's the thing in, in my opinion um, the people who are in these protests, are primarily Black Lives Matter and LGBTQ. And then, of course, the Muslim students and, and you know, themselves, I mean, radical Islamic uh, Muslim students. And, 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 and Jewish,
1: Jewish students, too, well, yes. who <laughs> call themselves members of Jewish Voice for Peace, which isn't Jewish. It's a fake. And it has no voice, fortunately. And it's in favor of um, war, not peace. But they're the ones who protest in front of Congress using the word Jewish. Uh, yep. But many of their members are not. And um, there's nothing Jewish about them. They're they're uh, completely anti-Jewish.
0: Well, so, um, yes. And that is, is the ones who are Jewish and who are in this in these protests and so on are like the worst, you know, to, to come. At. I mean, these people don't understand history. But here's the thing. So like the the Black Lives Matter and the LGBTQ plus and um And some of the Muslims, the radical Islamist Muslims, uh, who are in these protests and who are doing more than protests these days, you know, putting swastikas on temples and all kinds of things. My um, assessment of it or analysis of it is that they are people who feel, who identify with the Palestinians. They feel, they claim, like that they are victims themselves, and so they are they are aligning aligning themselves with the palestinians who they claim who, who you know who are in a sense victims of hamas and so they feel this this um togetherness um with the poor palestinians you know the the who are victims they're they're feeling that they are victims and so they have to support other victims the palestinians
1: yeah but agree- remember that hitler got a lot of support from people who thought they were being victimized as well by by the Jews, by Americans, by others. You know, victimization is so easy to claim. Uh, some of these, not not all, but some of these are Muslims who claim to be uh, victims and claim to be oppressed are among the wealthiest um, uh, children of some of the wealthiest families in the world. The reason they got into good schools often
0: yes. is because
1: their parents uh, donated fortunes of money to many studies departments, which have turned uh, very anti-Israel. By the way... Jewish studies departments have turned very anti-Israel, too, Um, and uh, we have to always remember that there are always people among the Jews who will always turn against themselves, whether it's Norman Finkelstein today, who said his heart was thrilled when he saw these women being raped and these men being beheaded, or whether it was Gertrude Stein back in the 1930s who was a Nazi. Uh, Gertrude Stein collaborated with the Gestapo she almost certainly turned over the locations of Jews who were hiding so that they could be sent to the gas chambers. She nominated Hitler for the Nobel Prize. Uh, She collaborated with the local head of the Gestapo in France and and helped uh, people escape, Nazis escape after the war. Gertrude Stein. So don't be surprised if you see some people with Jewish names who are self-hating Jews who will always, always turn against the Jews, even during the Holocaust.
0: Well, yes, like George Soros, who was a Holocaust survivor, the last person or the last kind of well, person. Well,
1: was, was he a Holocaust survivor or was he a Holocaust cooperator? That's the question.
0: Well, I'm not sure. I mean, he answer. gathered,
1: apparently gathered the property of real survivors and turned them over to the Nazis. There's a mixed history there. It's not no. so simple. George Soros is a deeply, deeply evil man, and uh, he uh, should be held to account. And I wrote an article just a couple of years ago when people said, oh, oh, um, uh, Elon Musk must be an anti-Semite because he has criticized George Soros. I said, then I must be an anti-Semite because I have criticized George Soros even more than Elon Musk has. And so, you know, you don't escape criticism just because your parents happen to be Jewish. So
0: uh,
1: George Soros uh, has a special place in hell for himself.
0: Yes. Absolutely. And, and you should get there sooner than later. Um, you know, the, the thing is, these people who, let's put George Soros, at, take him out of it for a minute, but the other, the, some of the people you were mentioning and so on, the, the self-loathing Jews, the reason why they became self-loathing has something to do with something that happened in their childhood, where they felt um, whether it had to do with, you know, hating their parents or had to do with their Jewish parents or had to do with something at a synagogue that happened to them. I mean, there's some uh, trauma that I'm not excusing any of these people, believe me, but I'm no, just saying cause that many,
1: many people have trauma and don't have that. I mean, Norman Finkelstein, for example, admits that his mother, who was in one of the camps, did things to avoid being killed that um she should be ashamed of, essentially. Um, and it was probably a deep, dark family secret. I mean, was she a capo? Was she somebody who cooperated with the Nazis? Did she push people out of line and get ahead of them to avoid being killed? We don't know the answer to those questions, but, um, but, but Norman Finkelstein a deeply, deeply disturbed, self-hating Jew who 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 was cheering when he saw these rapes and beheadings and totally supported all the barbarity against the Jewish uh, uh, people. He just loved every minute of it. There's something deeply disturbing about that, and um, people have to be held to account for that. And 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 I want to make sure that the name of every single person who has supported these Hamas barbarities is known to future employers. Uh, do you really want, you know, your law firm to have Hitler Youth in them, uh, modern-day Hitler Youth in them who support rape and, and beheading. It's not McCarthyism. It's, it's um, the First Amendment. Freedom of speech is based on the marketplace of ideas, and the marketplace of ideas is based on transparency. You have to know who is making these statements. What is their background? Why are they making these statements? Um, they can't hide behind organizations like Amnesty International. One of the groups at Harvard that signed this vicious, racist statement was Amnesty International at Harvard. Amnesty International, the national group, banned me from speaking at Columbia a few years ago. I was invited by the local chapter to speak on the Middle East crisis, uh, and Amnesty International, its national office, said, no, we will not support uh, or allow Gershowitz to speak at an Amnesty International event. So much for free speech in the marketplace of ideas. There's so much hypocrisy there. We can spend hours and hours and hours just pointing to the hypocrisy of human rights watch of uh, the National Lawyers Guild, of uh, many of the other George Soros-funded uh, organizations.
0: Yes. Well, let me just ask you a basic question, because, a basic but sort of elusive answer. <laughs> um, unless, you know, Why do you think that people, like the people that we've been talking about, not the self-hating Jews, because they have psychi- deep psychiatric problems, okay? And they should have been spending their years on a couch. But um, why do you think, in general, um, People
1: hate the Jews. Well, there's so many reasons. First, young people hate the Jews because they're professors and their administrators and the people in the diversity um, exclusion uh, program uh, have subtly, sometimes not so subtly, taught them that Jews are the privileged people. We're white supremacists. We're white this. We're white that. Um, you know, as if being white somehow, somehow is a, 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 an indicia of guilt. Uh, they're part of the Judeo-Christian tradition. That's bad. So I think a lot of it has been, um, very poor education and peer, and peer pressures. But, you know, Jews have been successful and Jews have, you know, Jews stand for everything that the woke progressives hate. Uh, Jews stand for meritocracy. Um, you know, they made it. They came with nothing and they were as a group, not as every individual, but as a group, quite successful. That's exactly what woke hates. They don't want to hear that. They want people to be picked for jobs not on the merits or on how hard they work. They want them to be picked for judge based on their identity. I had a letter the other day that says Jews should get 2% of all the college admissions and jobs in the country because they're only 2% of the population, whereas blacks should get 13% of all the jobs and all the college admissions in the country because they're 13% of the population. Now, the latter has become the case under um, quotas, um, some of which have been declared unconstitutional by the court. But the idea that Jews should be relegated to 2%, that's what happened in parts of Europe, Russia, during the time when official state quotas, uh, which related to the percentage in the population, were were, um, uh, mandated. And so I think it's Jewish success, the fact that, that Jews have shown that they can make it on the merits through meritocracy, which have turned uh, the current woke population against them.
0: Yes, of course, that makes, yes. That I, but what about, do you think the fact that Jews call themselves, and in the Bible and so on, it says the Jews are the chosen people? Do you think that that um... every
1: group thinks that every group thinks they're the chosen people? I, I've read it in other cultures as well. The Persians think they're the chosen people. Chinese think they're the chosen people. The Jews are the chosen people. We've been chosen for Holocaust, for pogroms, for um, discrimination. Uh, we never got any privileges, um, not in Europe certainly, and not in the United States because we were Jewish. Um, you know, the concept of the chosen people has been deeply, deeply misunderstood. That may have been a reason back in the days of theological anti-Semitism. But today's anti-Semitism is not theological. It's mostly ideological.
0: But, you know, the thing is, um, there are just, there are Catholics or Christians who are successful, too. You know, I mean, the woke. uh, So why? I mean, that sort of, you know, that was sort of why.
1: Yeah, I grew up in the midst of a lot of anti-Catholic prejudice as well. Uh, Harvard. When I got to Harvard in 1964, there was systemic anti-Irish and anti-Italian prejudice. Oh, oh, sure, John Kennedy got in because his father had a billion dollars, but if you were a, you know, a kid from uh, an Italian neighborhood in New York or an Irish neighborhood of Boston, you weren't getting into Harvard. Um, so there was systemic anti-Catholic bias as well, uh, and partly because the WASP establishment was afraid of new people taking over, you know, this kind of replacement theory, <clears throat> they will replace us. Well, you know, under a meritocracy, there are going to be some replacements and, you know, established uh, groups in the hierarchy will change uh, over time and individuals will advance on their merits, not because their grandfather, you know, uh, owned a uh uh a, a big uh corporate Uh, entity or something like that. And so, you know, to everything there's a season. And all the stars have come together now to create this anti-Semitism. Now, let's remember one thing that's crucially important. This anti-Semitism is not the result of Israel's actions in Gaza. It started before that. It's a result of Israel having been defeated, having been bullied, having been victimized These bully anti-Semites jumped on Israel and Jews as soon as they saw weakness. That's Mm -hmm. why Israel must be strong, and that's why the Jewish community must be strong, and other groups that are discriminated against must be strong. Because as soon as you show any weakness, as Israel showed on October 7th when it failed— In its intelligence and its reaction, it it immediately incurred the worst and the most vicious anti-Semitism. Now, you're going to hear the excuse, oh, no, 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 no. We didn't condemn Israel when they were attacked. We condemned them only after they attacked. Go and check it out. National Lawyers Guild, the day after the attack of the Seventh. The Harvard students, the day after the attack of the Seventh. Most of these, Jewish Voice for Peace, the day after the attack on the Seventh. Most of these groups that have shown pervasive anti-Semitism did it as a reaction to Israel being victimized, not as a reaction to Israel showing strength. Now, they added to it when Israel went into Gaza, and there'll be more of it. There was uh, obviously um, uh, an attack on a uh, on a refugee camp, which was harboring uh, Hamas terrorists, and that will generate even more anti-Semitism. But the anti-Semitism began... Not as a result of what Israel did, but rather what was done to Israel. Because anti-Zionism is not about what Israel does, it's about what Israel is. The nation-state of the Jewish people, the Jew among nations, and they have always been treated as the Jew among nations. And Anti-Judaism and anti-Jewish attitudes go back thousands of years. They just changed a little bit when Israel was established. And they went after the nation state of the Jewish people and the Jew among nations instead of individual Jews. Now they're doing both. They're going after individual Jews and after the nation state of the Jewish people. And we have to fight back.
0: Well, you know, absolutely. And, and I want to get to that, like what we what we can do, and what we're going to do. Um, you know, um, when... One of the things I've been saying this for a while and the other day, as you probably know, the son of the founder of Hamas said this as well. And of course, it's known if you know anything about terrorism. And that is, you know, it's first Israel um, and and the Jews and then the world. Terrorists are not stopping. You know, that, you know. So the people who are protesting and doing all these things here and, and being anti-Semitic and being violent and so on, um, it's like they're in another. They have they're in another world. They don't realize yeah. that the Hamas and, and ISIS and Al Qaeda and all of these other terrorists are coming to the states. They're already uh, terrorizing yep. Europe. You know, well, Europe,
1: it's, it's coming oh. to a theater. It's coming to a theater near you. And the best proof of it is look at the people who were killed, the 1,400 people who were killed. They were peaceniks. They were anti-Netanyahu people. They were people who favored the Palestinians, favored the two-state solution. They were people of the left. And they were murdered because to the terrorists, it doesn't matter. You're a Jew, you're a Jew. But just like to the Nazis, it didn't matter if your grandfather was Jewish, even if you were a Catholic priest, off to the gas chambers. And to these terrorists from Hamas, it doesn't matter what your political views are. There was a great cartoon in the New York Post today. It had uh, students shouting and yelling, gays for Hamas, gays for Hamas. He's standing on a roof. And in the next picture, it shows uh, Hamas guy kicking him off the roof to his death and saying uh, unrequited love. Um, you know, uh, what do these feminists think they're doing? Supporting honor killings? You remember, Hamas supports honor killings. It supports women being murdered. If they disrespect the men in their lives, that's what Hamas stands for. It stands for killing gays. It stands for killing transgender people. Why do gays and transgender people and feminists support it? You know why? Because they hate Jews and they hate Israel even more than they love themselves.
0: And they're Mm -hmm. willing
1: to sacrifice their own interests in being gay and being transgender and being a feminist as long as they also hate the Jews. That was the case with Nazism as well. The hatred of the Jews trumped everything else and made everything irrelevant. If you hate the Jews, you're acceptable. And that's what's going on with these Hitler youth now that are marching at Vassar and at Cornell and at uh, Harvard and at Yale and at University of Pennsylvania. And the first thing that has to be done is we have to dismantle, dismantle these diversity Inclusion and equity programs, they are a major cause of discrimination. We need a reckoning now, and that reckoning has to look inward and ask the university administrators, what have you done by bringing thousands of people to the campus, administrators, so many administrators, assistant Mm -hmm. deans, associate deans, you name it, many of whom have turned the students against Jews, against American values. Against Judeo-Christian values, look inward.
0: Well, you know, and 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 that's one of the frustrating things that nobody is doing anything about these people, about the students, or about. I mean, I first of all, I believe that this is that the most uh, anti-Semitic and the biggest terrorist. I know I'm saying a uh, making a big statement here, but um, is well, first of all, we know, of course, that Obama controls the strings, pulls the strings of Biden, and Obama made America the most vulnerable to terrorists. And um, we I think that the the this is coming from the top, that all of these things, you know, of course, the money given to Iran and all of that. But I think that it's really Obama is the number one um, cause of this. I wish I had
1: voted against Obama in the second election. He called me into the Oval Office to persuade me that he had Israel's back. I didn't realize he meant to put a target on. I do believe that Joe Biden, deep in his heart, uh, really, really likes Israel and admires Israel. I've known him for. 43 years, and um, but there are people within the Democratic Party uh, who rep- represent Obama's views. Uh, not Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton made a very good statement yesterday in which she opposed calls for a ceasefire and said that Israel has the perfect right and the obligation to protect its citizens. So we shouldn't generalize. Uh, there are bad people in the Republican Party and among Republican supporters There are more bad people in the Democratic Party. I agree with that. But there are also some good people within the Democratic Party. And and my job as somebody who's voted Democrat for the most part is to try to persuade the Democratic Party to marginalize uh, the squad, uh, the extremists that bear the label democrat and to run against them i've made an offer if anybody runs against any member of the squad i will help them financially i will help them raise money i will vote for them i don't care if they're a republican or a democrat or an independent i'll vote for anybody who runs against the squad members um but i i hope people will
0: yes um You know, the scary part, though, is that nobody is doing anything. I mean, nobody, first of all, these squad members got elected and no one seems to be trying to get them out. Um, Well, there are. No,
1: there are movements now to try to run against them in primaries. And there are donors to major universities at Harvard, at uh, Princeton, at uh, at University of Pennsylvania, who are cutting off all funding. Um, I'm certainly cutting off my small amount of funding to those schools that I went to. And I think these schools will begin to feel the pressure from from donors. That's why some of the presidents, for example, the president of Harvard, (laughs) issued four statements. I mean, the first one was totally, totally bad. Even the former president of Harvard condemned it. Then she made a statement that was a little better and maybe one that was a little better than that. And finally, one that was maybe a little better than that. Uh, But um, these have been generated not, I think, from the heart, but from uh, the pocketbook And uh, it shows that pressure works, but uh, not enough. And I don't think the right people uh, are in power at many of the universities today to take on the job of doing uh, a major reckoning uh, concerning how universities have treated Jews uh, over the years. Harvard has a history going back over 100 years of rampant discrimination against Jews. Even when I got to Harvard in 1964, um, you couldn't be... A dean at Harvard, if you were Jewish, you couldn't be um, the president of the university if you uh, were Jewish, and there were other exclusions as well, and there are you know limits on the number of Jews that would be accepted. Those quotas go back um, to the 1920s, and so um, uh, there are uh, historical effect, uh, events to be reckoned with, and I hope Harvard will do a reckoning, and that reckoning will require first a hard look at diversity, um, uh, equity, and inclusion, which really means exactly the opposite. It means no diversity of ideas, um, uh, no equality, and exclusion. And that's what uh, Harvard has been doing, and other schools have even been worse. So I hope that people will listen to your show and will do the right thing. Um, I have another obligation in about two minutes, so if you have one last question, I'm happy to answer it.
0: <laughs> well, just, uh, just I, I guess it's. I, I will conclude by saying, uh, and I think you'll agree that um, it's important for people, first of all, to teach people the real history, both about Israel and about yeah. uh, World War II. and well, the whole that history, by <laughs> the
1: way, is in my new book. In my new book, "The War on the Jews," which you can advance order from from Amazon uh, and already is a, a, a bestseller in certain areas. Uh, that book gives you the history and gives you the context and and, and tells you the story of what uh, has happened at Harvard and other places and, and gives you all the background you really need to analyze what's going on in the Middle East today. So I hope people will advance order it and then read it.
0: Well, I will I will repeat that um, again before the end of the show. I want to thank you for being on. I want to thank you for all of the work that you um, have done are doing. Um, I mean, that's what I'm trying to do in my capacity. Uh, yeah.
1: and thank you for doing it. Thank you for doing it. What you're doing. Yeah. I
0: mean, we need, we need to wake people up. There is no, there is no, uh, uh, there's a shortage of people who are like telling the truth and we need to be shouting from the yeah. rooftop before more. I agree things- with
1: you. and Yeah. And that's why I go on shows like yours to try to make that point and spread it as widely as possible. So Keep up the good work and thank you.
0: Okay, thank you very much. Um, <laughs> attorney Alan Rosowitz, thank you so much. The book, his book again, is called War Against the Jews: How to End Hamas Barbarism. And uh hopefully, hopefully people will read it who need it most. Um, or people will read it to them. Well, let me uh for the rest of the show, let me go on and talk about I was gonna be asking him about um one of the things that really was I found most frightening was um, the attack that happened, or the the um, attempt at an attack. I mean, it was beyond a protest. I don't know if you'd call it exactly an attack, but I mean, there were some people who were attacked, but um, not as many as they wanted, as the protesters wanted. And I'm talking about the what happened in Russia at the airport in Russia. Um, apparently, there was a plane that left the airport in Israel and went to a part of Russia where it has a um, high Muslim population and apparently a high radical Islamist population. And they organized people to be at the airport. The airport was filled with all of these crazed um, protester attackers, uh, people who wanted to kill Jews, the people who were hoping that... Well, Israelis or Jews—they weren't. I I mean, there were some reports that there weren't any Jews on the plane, but I find that a little hard to believe. Maybe they were. I mean, or that there weren't Israelis—it was. It's kind of confusing information that's coming out of Russia. But the point is, they were hoping for Jews. They were hoping for Israelis, and they wanted to kill them. And the um, plane—somehow, this information got. Well, I guess through the control tower, got relayed to the plane. And the plane um, didn't land. I mean, didn't uh, let people uh, disboard, (laughs) uh, debark, disbark. And um, and the plane went to another airport, Uh, but it was a little too nearby. And there were crowds at that airport, too. Now, that for some reason, um, that seems well, for some reason, it's it's. It's because it's it's their intentions were so violent, and because it was just so uh, hadn't hasn't been done before at least not in modern times, and it had to have been very well planned, um, and it could have been a disaster if the people did uh, debark disbar. Why well, am I having trouble with that word? But get off the airport airplane. Let's say that um, if they had gotten off the airplane. And, you know, kind of it's it's ironic because um, the people in the airport were not going to ask the passengers who were getting coming into the airport from the plane. They weren't going to ask them or even on the tarmac. They weren't going to ask them, are you Jewish or are you Israeli or are you what are you? They were just going to kill them or try to. So that's kind of um, a parallel, a metaphor, in a sense for what is going to be happening in America and what is already happening in Europe with terrorists, especially in France and in um, England and Germany and all of that. They are already, there are terror attacks happening every single day um, in these, in Western European countries and, and other places for that matter uh, in Africa, in all kinds of, in in, uh, um, uh, all, all kinds of, of, Um, countries, the countries who took in migrants from terrorist countries, Um, they are now finding themselves like waking up and realize, oh, man, you know, we shouldn't have taken in all these people. And which also I I actually didn't think uh, didn't have a chance to ask Mr. Dershowitz this. But of course, this is another problem that's going to be coming up or that is already here. Um, there are people in the Congress who are trying to get America to let in uh, the Palestinian refugees. Now, <laughs> the re- that, that is, you know, no other country so far has wanted to take in Palestinian refugees. You know, Israel has given the Palestinians warning. They, it, Israel has told them to go south, you know, that they're going to be attacking the north uh, because that's where the... Uh, Hamas is right, predominantly, and um, and so those Palestinians who were trying to leave, um, they found that no country, no, the Middle Eastern countries, even the Middle Eastern countries don't want them. Now, why don't they want them, and why shouldn't we take them? Because there is not enough time, or there, there is not enough uh, time to be able to do uh, deep vetting of these people kind of like the the people who came from Afghanistan and who weren't totally vetted. Um, yeah, there are people who, you know, we brought in 80,000 Afghanistanian people, Afghans. <laughs> and, um, you know, this, I, I, obviously I feel very, very um, passionate about this whole issue. And um, so I'm having trouble finding words and all that, but you get the picture. And um, so with the Afghans, we didn't vet, we couldn't vet them in the in in Biden's um surrender there was no time to vet the 80,000 afghans and so they are in america and guaranteed some of them did help our troops and it was worthwhile bringing them here although um the first people who should have been brought here from Af- afghanistan should should have been the americans uh, american citizens who were there but in any case um and so there, there are terrorists from the, amongst the Afghans. Certainly in the Palestinians, there would be Hamas sympathizers. They voted the, the Hamas um, terrorists in. So there is no way to, to um, divide them, to, to figure out who really is loyal to Hamas, You know who sympathized with Hamas. So there's no way to be able to bring them in uh, safely. And so, and of course, let's not even talk about it. at this point. It's it's obvious the southern border, even the northern border. People are coming in who are on the terrorist watch list, and this is not. Um, this is things have, have are are coming to a boil, and um. And this is a time when all of us have to really. Uh, take action in whatever way we can. If you're donating to a college or alma mater who turned out that they, uh, you know, they're protesting, uh, siding with Hamas and protesting against Israel and all of that, you might want to do what Mr. Dershowitz did and not contribute anymore. If you're a teacher, well, I was going to say, if you're a professor at one of these colleges, you might want to quit. However, um, we actually need more people, you know, more professors who. Um, will teach the right thing if if in fact they're allowed to still be professors there um and and not have all kinds of horrible things happen to them which we have been reading about in the news uh Jewish professors or professors who aren't woke or you know who aren't supporting Hamas um already they are if the these universities and colleges are making them making it very difficult for them to survive uh again I want to mention the name of uh, Mr. Dershowitz's book, Alan Dershowitz. The book is called, and you can go to Amazon. You can pre-order it. It's called War Against the Jews, How to End Hamas Barbarism. Well, thank you for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat.